Well, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. Where are you? Here. You've got a real attitude problem, McFly. You're a slacker. 37. My girlfriend sucked 37 dicks. In a row? Welcome back everyone, it is your host Aaron Scott Walker back with another episode of Unreal Talk Show, part of the Oops All Topics Network. We are very excited to bring you another episode of our Watchmen slash Movie Night Watch Along episode series that we've been doing. Uh, We're very, very excited to have uh, Jason in the studio with us today to break down one of my favorite Tim Burton classics. Beetlejuice. It is definitely uh, a movie that is needed right now. It's a great laugh. It's a good thinker, and nobody can beat Michael Keaton's performance in this movie. And uh, yeah, I I don't think I'm going to uh, talk about it too long. I know a lot of times in these episodes, I just give a quick intro and we just hop straight into it. And I think that's just what I'm going to do today. So we are going to have a quick break from our sponsor, Morton College, and then we are going to jump straight into our Watch Along episode. Thank you again so much for being here with us on Unreal Talk Show. Again, if you would like to follow us, please do so on Apple Podcasts, it's on Oops All Topics, or on Podbean at oopsalltopics at podbean.com. Hey everyone, Aaron Scott Walker here, letting you know that the presenting sponsor of Unreal Talk Show and the Oops All Topics Network is Morton College. Did you know Morton College offers 17 associate's degrees in applied sciences, five transfer program degrees, and 40 career certificates, including programs like forklifting, pharmacy, welding, and vet tech, not to mention the number one nursing program in the Chicagoland area. Morton College is excited to offer day, evening, online, and and hybrid courses during fall, summer, and spring semesters to meet demands of busy schedules. Whether you're looking to transfer to a four-year school or to earn credits towards a career, Morton College has classes and schedules for you. For more information, call 708-656-8000. Again, that number is 708-656-8000. Visit their Facebook page or visit their website, www.morton.edu. Now, back to the episode. Well, welcome back, Unreal listeners. It is movie night, and we are joined by Oops All Topics host, Jason Edgar. Hey, Jason. Hey, what's up, man? Happy How's to be going? here. So, I'm having such a good time. As you said, I got a smile on my face, and it's Saturday night. Yes, it is Saturday night. Uh, we are going to be watching Beetlejuice, which is the movie that you picked. So why why did you end up picking Beetlejuice? Okay, well, um, it's I like um, there's there's a few movies that I've wanted to I think that would fit our format of just talking about it. There's like so much to talk about, and uh, I gave you the choice: what was death, comedy, or something else or other? And you said death, so I was like Beetlejuice. This Beetlejuice. is our 
our third watch, movie watch, by the way, Watchmen, so to speak. Yes. And leading up to it, I have gotten so excited because, again, we do a little bit of research. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Yes. And the music, the music's so good, the acting, there's like, there's seven huge names associated with this movie that I'll get to later. But yeah, just, it's so funny. It's, and it's, um, I don't know. I, there's some memories that I want to see. I wanted to see if you do the same thing whenever you watch this movie, kind of like what your favorite parts are and stuff. I'm genuinely yeah. interested. And here's the last thing. It's perfect for Unreal Talk Show. Perfect. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Uh, <laughs> well, I love this movie. This was a movie. This is a staple in my family. And my, my father and I, I, as I've mentioned before on previous episodes, <clears throat> growing up, my dad, you know, just always would challenge me with uh, movie knowledge and uh, movie quotes. And this one that he, he quote very often, especially the scene where uh, Alec Baldwin goes, well, you know, what are your qualifications? And he goes, oh, well, uh, I attended Juilliard. I'm a, you know, I attended Harvard Business School. Like when he go, <laughs> whenever he goes into that rant, like that was one that he would, he would quote a lot. So uh, the, the lines, yes, yeah, it, it's this, this movie just seems like in, in, unlikely great movie like you know just looking at it from a, a broader scope like this if you take just the components individually they don't make sense which is something that i'll, I'll probably get into in some of the the fact finding that i because i did a little bit of deep dive into this you know because i one thing that i love about you know fact finding about movies are just like how things came to be Mm -hmm. yeah like general perspectives uh, like initially because obviously this movie was a big success but you know there were some uh, there were some really concerning things leading up to the final release of this movie that uh just kind of make you wonder how did these things come to be about to begin with um so i i think again uh this is a great great choice i for unreal talk show especially for our watchmen movie nights um, hey, and uh, one more thing uh, yeah. before we get started. Um, this is directed by Tim Burton. Um, off the top of your head, is this the best Tim Burton movie? <laughs> because Batman's in there. Batman and, is. And it, I, and it beats, it does beat Edward Scissorhands and yeah. Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but I'm not sure about Batman because it's so iconic. And then, well, Mars Attacks is also Tim Burton. Yeah, but God, uh, Mars Attacks is a little too quirky for me, but I get it. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> but, but I watched Mars Attacks like recently in a much more appreciative state uh, of being. Oh, and, okay. And that movie slaps. Like, it is so fucking funny. Like, <laughs> I'm just fucking dying. Because it, it, it is so unbelievably corny. It's just over the top. But, I, you know, be, because it is like a realistic interpretation of like you know what if we were visited by martians and we were able to communicate with them and lo and behold you know we think that you know what triggered this massive attack was a, a dove a miscommunication of you know between humans and martians and but no it just turns out they intended on attacking us like the whole time and like using us for experiments and stuff like it was, it was really funny now, what did you want to talk about before the movie started? Like, you had some, uh, you had some notes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I just had like some really cool, like, little fun facts about this movie that just kind of right off the top that I thought were like, it's not anything that's really going to be able to fit timely within the commentary with of the movie. But I thought like were cool things that are worth noting. 
Um, so this first fun fact uh, is going to kind of date all of our listeners. Uh, but Beetlejuice was the first ever DVD that was sent out on Netflix in 1998. Hmm. So the first movie that was ordered and sent out on Netflix, DVD order was in 1998 was Beetlejuice. So I thought that that was pretty cool that it, it, got, <laughs> sure. it has yeah. that title. Um, um, I never really got into the uh, the the U.S. Postal Service being involved with Netflix. I think when it went streaming, that's when I lived with uh, Kosherek, and mm-hmm. like streaming just began, got more popular. And I was like, okay, now I'll do Netflix. So yeah, yeah. Well, and off to the races we go. Uh, well, my dad actually was the reverse. He loved getting the DVDs in. Like we we watched them. Uh, we would get them, watch them, and then send them back. And then, you know, we just try to, you know, get as many as we possibly can. Um, But uh, the second fact that I had here is that um, the title of Beetlejuice um, was almost scared sheetless. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I read that. And that is terrible. 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 (laughs) Well, what's even more hilarious about it is that Tim Burton threw that out there because, like, the studio execs weren't really sure that Beetlejuice was a good option because they didn't know if it was going to, like, connect with the the core audience or the potential audience. Um, You know what's interesting? You know what doesn't connect with audiences? Scared sheetless. Scared sheetless. (laughs) But what's even more terrifying is that Tim had said later on that they actually considered that title. Like, they was, like, on, like, a final cut list. Like, oh, like on the on the movie yeah, like poster? I, I'd be sweating fucking bullets, dude. Like, <laughs> like I try my fuck because you know Tim Burton tried so hard to get this movie made, and he, um, he really did beg a lot of these actors to join this project. Like, he really believed in the story because the story is not originally his; um, it's based off of a book, and he he really believed in it, and. You know, all of the the big core, like Gina Davis is the only one who said yes immediately. All the yeah. other actors and actresses said no uh, starting out. So he really believed in it. So just to think that Scared Sheetless could have been potentially the, the title that the studio execs forced you to go with uh, would have been, it, it probably would have forced the movie to become a cult classic because nobody would, would have gone to see the movie and then people who would have like, oh, scared sheetless, let's see what this is about. And then it turns out to be the movie Beetlejuice. But like, oh man, this is like a hidden gem. Um, I got one. <clears throat> uh, you got anything else? Uh, I have a couple things, but go ahead. Oh no, uh, okay. Uh, what, are you gonna say anything about Harry Belafonte? No, I'm not, go ahead. Okay, so I kind of like get into the idea of the Harry Belafonte music and you're going to hear it throughout. In fact, I'm glad we're going to start at the Geffen title card because listen to what the song is and there's only Harry Belafonte music and Danny Elfman music. And that is it. It's great. But also, but also his music kind of feels like voodoo-y kind of witchcrafty. And so that I I get that kind of like with Beetlejuice and everything that's going on here with, uh, with kind of like the plot and the theme and stuff. So just, I'm a big fan of like the music of this movie too. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, because Danny Elfman already sets like that dark Gothic tone, but like what you said, like, you know, like that voodoo ritualistic, you know, type of flair onto that style of music kind of peppered throughout just sets a different type of tone 
uh, throughout the movie. And and music is music is underrated and more important than people understand. That like if oh, yeah. you were to take music out of movies, like you would have a completely different movie. Um, and so. our audience, our audience should start their recording as soon as we start our recording so they'll they'll know what we're talking about yes which we're going to start at literally at 20 seconds and then i will i will try to give some sort of audio cue as to when we're gonna physically start like press play so that way you guys will be with us um but the last couple things that i just wanted to say real quickly um heather langenkamp who played nancy in a nightmare on elm street which is my favorite horror film of all time is a local tulsan and was actually considered for the role of Lydia after Tim Burton saw her in A Nightmare on Elm Street, but she turned it down because she didn't want to play a goth girl. Hmm. And I just thought, like, man, does she regret that? Oh, yeah, for real. Like, you know, could you have, you know, just suffered to play a goth girl for an hour and a half and, you know, been a little bit further in your career? Because, I mean, what more do you know Heather Lingenkamp for other than being Nancy from the first Nightmare on Elm Street, which was in 1984 so kind of kind of a i don't know i've just always <clears throat> i've always wondered if actors and actresses or i guess i should just say actors um if all actors were really sensitive about being asked the question like you know are you really pissed off that you passed up on this you know particular opportunity like man what a what a goof you could have been this character and you know gotten 600 million dollars off this movie but you turned it down what an idiot like yeah thanks for bringing that up <laughs> yeah possibly but also people passed on sharknado like it just it just depends i guess like um wait hold on what do you mean passed on sharknado like... <laughs> well okay it could work two ways right like what if you pass on back to the future like that one dude did or they had to take him out and they put in michael j fox that would right. suck because back to the future is timeless but what also if you <laughs> i'm not trying to be disparaging of sharknado but what if you passed on sharknado it does get popular and you're like yeah but i didn't want to be in sharknado anyways <laughs> yeah but let's be honest i didn't want to be in that movie anyways yeah like that wouldn't be too bad i suddenly thought oh my god aaron loves sharknado i don't i hate that movie. um i have some actually interesting news about something similar to that show but i'll have to, i'll announce it on the podcast in about a month <laughs> okay excellent excellent um, well, that's all that I had to say. So I say we go ahead and jump into this buggy. I'm going to hit play in two. Hold on, what? Yeah, go ahead. All right, I'm going to hit play in two, one, now. There we go. I'm so excited for this right now. Yeah, listen, listen to the music right here. Ooh. They say Deo right there. So good. This movie is creepy. It's horrifying. It's hysterical. It just it pulls you in so many directions. Yes, absolutely. And it's so loud. I can't hear you. <laughs> and since I'm doing the fantasy draft, I gotta kind of hear that. So, oh, here we go. <laughs> and I loved. I always loved the scenery of like this old timey town, like you know. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I've always been a... Because, you know, I grew up in Neosho. And even though Neosho is, you know, much bigger than this town, I've always still kind of liked how that looked. Yeah, it's a very just basic uh, basic concept. And, the, and, and, he, and his, um, his model is kind of indicative of that too, right? It's just like a nice little perfect square, fits on a table. Yes, absolutely. 
can Zoom get louder? I want to hear you, and I feel like I'm all the way up. Can Zoom get louder? <laughs> Zoom get louder. Well, if you yeah, go into my... your if you go into your mixer. Nah, I'm not gonna worry about it. I can hear you. I just gotta turn down Beetlejuice. No. We're in the uh, title credits anyway, so yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll. Here are the names I was talking about. They're in this movie, though. Uh, as far as like director and whatever, Tim Burton, Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, Winona Ryder, Danny Elfman, Harry Belafonte, and you can't forget Michael Keaton. A huge star-studded cast. Um, since we're coming here too, I also had a. Uh, okay, hold on a second. You talk. <laughs> All right, I'll go ahead and talk. Actually, you know what? I'm good. I was going to tell you that I read an article that said Beetlejuice is the ghost of Batman. Did you hear that? I have not seen that. Okay, so Tim Burton's Batman movies are in their own Bat universe. You've talked about that because the, the directors change. Yes. So you got to pretend like Batman 1 and 2 are in the same universe, and this movie is too. He's wearing a similar suit that Christopher Walken wears, uh, Beetlejuice, but he's not the Christopher Walken character. It's just they're sharing the same universe. Um, and then number one is... Batman dies and he turns into everything he f he hates. So Beetlejuice does kind of have like some Joker tendencies, but uh, it was it was a stretch, but it still made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it's a stretch, but I can definitely see the connection. I can see how no, somebody did as much research as possible to to make it work because they really wanted it to. Like, yeah, it comes down to somebody wearing a striped suit, so. <laughs> Look how young Alec Baldwin looks. Yep, for sure. And Gina Davis. Yeah, she's always been so pretty. He just, he's gotten so much bigger. Like, he's just a very big presence. That's the reason why he plays Donald Trump. He's just a big, robust character, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Here, he's skinny. How does that happen? I'm terrified of getting old. Like, knowing what... Alec Baldwin used to look like and what Alec Baldwin looks like now like how did that happen what's where's the transition and how do I avoid that that's that's what uh, I want to know they're listening to music in the background it's Harry Belafonte music and you, you know what I like about this they're in love they're a sweet couple and you can definitely tell that like the honeymoon phase is definitely over so it's not a you know it's not a you know giddy we just got married you know, oh, you're so sweet. I love you. Oh, I love you too. Our life is so perfect. Like they genuinely just love each other and they're happy with where they are and what they do and how their life is. They don't have kids, right? No, they do not have kids. They want kids. I think, I, I think here they, it, <clears throat> here, because right now they're, they're talking about somebody wanting to buy the house and them not being interested in it. Um, and she's saying, you know, th this house belongs to a family, you know, somebody with kids, you know, it it's just too big. And for me, they've always kind of hinted that, yeah, right here, yeah, somebody with a family right here, Gina Davis's look has always kind of hinted that she couldn't bear children, or they're at least having issues bearing children. So um, that, that was always kind of a layer of their relationship that I picked up on kind of early. Um, was that they definitely wanted kids, but there was something preventing that from happening. Hmm, okay. What a terrible realtor. Like, a realtor is going to get 3% pretty much commission yeah. on your house sale. 
And she's just wanting to make money. I mean, yeah, she's just wanting to make money, but she's, I mean, that, wouldn't you agree that at some point it, it, it becomes harassment? If you're constantly telling somebody no, like, please stop giving us offers. Like, we've already told you a thousand times we're not going to sell this house. And then you come into our house and insult us by saying, you know, this belongs to someone who can have children. You know what you don't see in movies anymore? You don't get the sense that it could be a play. This could yeah, be a... This, I, this was I, on I think Broadway. This is, oh, it is? Yeah, in uh, 2015, I think. Huh. I've seen or Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Something like that. I mean, it, it very well could be. Uh, I've seen Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. It's it's super good. Oh, really? That's awesome. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Another Tim Burton film. The house plays an important role in this movie. Actually, it's just it, that's where kind of like you're you're kept, like where the souls you can't escape. It's like their boundary. Yeah. How are we doing, Aaron? I'm doing great, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun. I'm I'm digging this movie. I honestly can't wait for this draft to be over. It freaks me out every once in a while. So. Oh yeah. Got too many things cooking. Well, now that's interesting. It, that, so that's his store? Does he own that? Yeah, he owns that store. Yeah, that's their last name. Their last name's Matland or whatever. Yeah. Just trim it a little. That was always a, a quote that my dad threw out there. He'd be like, and he said, just trim it a little. You know, it's just, it, it was always those kind of quotes. You know, like things from characters that are not main characters, but you hear it often enough in the movie isolated that you should be able to pick up on it if you hear it and oh that oh, goddamn dog hit just kill the dog i'm sorry how old were you when you first saw this uh you know hopefully my dad is listening and can verify this for me because he would most likely know but I, I would probably say five if not sooner i mean this movie came out in 1988 so I mean, I, I distinctly remember, I remember watching it a, around six. So I, I would, would say, I was that same age. Okay, so I would say, I would say at most six. And that again, dog shows up right before they uh, hit. Uh, I miss it. Yeah. And again, oh, no. for those out there, just it, if you're about to run off of a bridge, just run the dog over. That's exactly what happened to uh, Ted Kennedy and uh, Mary Jo Kopechny. Really. And if he would have like helped a little bit, he would have saved her. But he got out and like he wanted to sober up because he was drunk. Have you heard that story? No. Crashed into Lake Chappaquiddick. It's pretty much the reason why Ted Kennedy never became president. Oh shit! Crazy, 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 crazy. And the Kennedys just got a bad string of luck. Yeah, that's part of it. That's part of it. And and he was he was being groomed to be like the next president. Yeah. Yeah, Mary. I always love this scenery with the red. See, and I always thought that this aspect of, you know, death would be like, or the afterlife would be kind of scary, like not knowing how you got back home. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. you know, something happens and the next thing you know, you're just at home. Like that's, that's kind of, that's a really scary thought. So, I mean, this movie is, it has some pretty dark undertones to it. 
Oh, I, this, this movie is very, because any movie where the main characters die, it's like, what are they going to do? Bring them back to life? Like, yeah. it's over for them. The whole movie, the rest of the movie, they're dead. Yeah. And this, whenever, for some reason, when I was a kid, it didn't connect, like, the first maybe couple times of watching, like, the horse going back and forth in front of the mirror, and Gina Davis isn't there, but the horse is still floating. That, for some reason, that didn't click for me. But after after about the third or fourth time, I got it. I, okay, you talked about you talked about memories, right? Yes. Like I, I have vivid memories of trying to figure out, like wanting to read this book. Like this book is fascinating. Like the idea of it, it's like, oh yes. my god, you can read that, and and then and then I was gonna ask you again, like, did you ever draw a door and then knock on it, like what they do? I think I did on a, I did think I did on sidewalks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're such dorky kids. Yeah, we really were, and I'm okay with that. But it's just, it's so good for a kid's imagination. I think this movie. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. it. I think it's. I think what's really great about it is that a it's really funny and as a kid sometimes you may not understand why it's funny at first but then as you, it's one of those movies that when you watch more and more you know you pick up on more and more references and you get more and more things and it becomes funnier and funnier um but also like it kind of exposes you to a lot of different emotions and there's so it's just so layered because you've mm -hmm. got Lydia's uh, situation. You got the mother's like obsessive control situation and her just wanting to, you know, live the suburban lifestyle, you know, but also in modern class, you have the, the husband who, you know, wants the same thing, but wants it by himself. He doesn't want it being interfered by anybody else. Like they all want their own separate things, but they want to remain as a family. So there's all that dynamic. And then you have them like it's just there's a lot going on so there there's a lot for a a young mind to digest and i think it makes you i mean you inevitably process a lot like this right here like if they are dead like what she just said like where are all the other dead people like why can't we just roam free and do whatever we want if we're dead and he's like well maybe this is heaven so either like hell or purgatory because there are rules yes. um uh, otho says uh if you commit suicide you become a civil servant and it's what beetlejuice is at first it's juno this one woman who's at the counter yeah like suicide i think is a big thing here because uh, lydia wants to commit suicide and for all if we could just hypothetically assume that beetlejuice committed suicide too like that's the two sides of the coin and and they're trying to tell lydia that it's like it's not really great over here either Oh, also, um, the woman who runs the front desk, um, yeah. she even says, you know, like, you know, if I had known that, I wouldn't have had my little accident. And she's a civil servant. <laughs> yeah, she's a civil servant. <laughs> and not to mention the best rule, you're saying his name three times. Ah! <laughs> Would you hear that in a movie? You're like, Should, can I say it? Will he come if I say it? Will, will, will it happen?
Uh, and just knowing you're like a young couple and you're dead now. That That's even like more sad about it. Like, man, they would have been what the couple in Up would have been. Like, that's literally the human version of what the the animated couple in Up were and would have been if their lives had not been cut short. Oh, you know what? My dryer just turned off. I can hear a little bit better. Wow. The, nice. The simple... <laughs> now let's just shut down this draft. I got Russell Wilson as my quarterback. The Deetses. I'm a big Catherine O'Hare fan, by the way. She's hysterical. Oh, oh, I love Catherine O'Hare. And she has a beautiful singing voice. That is really her singing in A Nightmare Before Christmas. And then there's Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Now he's got some. He's got an interesting backstory, right? Is he like a pedophile or something? Oh like? yeah, he's he's on like a registered. He's a registered sex offender. He uh, I think he either peddled uh, child pornography or he it was found with some on it, which is so unfortunate because like the movie he was in the movie Stay Tuned. You ever see that movie uh, with? Um, no. I don't oh think I man. Have. Okay, so if if you guys are listening and have not seen that movie, and Jason, I'm going to recommend it to you as well. Stay tuned. Uh, and of course, now I can't remember the guy's name. John Ritter. Uh, no, wait. That, now, now that sounds familiar, actually. A John Ritter movie about... Huh. And being sucked Maybe I have TV. seen it. Hey, you know what? That could be our fourth movie. <laughs> Boom. I'm all right with that. Hey, question. Lydia's parents, are they good parents? <clears throat> I think... I think the dad tries to be. I think the dad doesn't know how to be a good dad to a daughter who is not for, I I think men of his, okay. So a a good friend of mine told me recently that, you know, like he agreed with me that we were, you know, kind of raised in the age of like, you know, men aren't supposed to cry. They're not supposed to reveal emotion and, you know, you just kind of bottle that shit up and deal with it yourself, you know? So you know, this father's generation probably would have been much more strict about that and probably just don't know how to deal with emotions, let alone, you know, depression. So if she really is as depressed as like, that was kind of always the thing that I just didn't know if it was the performance of Winona Ryder or if it was the character of Lydia. Like part of me didn't really feel like Lydia understood like not it it seemed like she was only doing it for the dramatics like like she wasn't she was willing to fully commit without really understanding what it meant to fully commit um god and i had a really good follow-up to that and i lost train my thought that's all right though but um oh you know so you know so regardless if she was really like depressed and you know suicidal um probably really difficult for him to you know reach out and i think even a couple times in this movie he does like you know pat her on the head or something or pat her on the shoulder um but the mom is just like you know oh my goodness you're you're miserable everywhere there's no you know making you happy like you know we gave you a dark room we gave you this we gave you that you know any good parent would have picked up on like okay well if I'm giving you the things that I think that you want and that's not working. Why don't you tell me the things that you need 
to make you happy. Like, I think that that oh, would be the pickup. That's a good example of Chekhov's gun right there. Whenever Otho shows up, the, the shows the bride and groom outfits. It's going to come back later. Yeah. Real quickly, uh, in this scene where she's holding uh, Alec Baldwin's severed head, um, he's actually uh, on his knees and he has like a green screen wrapped around his neck. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. Because uh, the, the budget for the, the visual effects for this movie was only like a million dollars. So that was a major factor as to why like Tim Burton decided to make the, the effects look as like tacky and as B-movie as possible. Like if you if you commit to that genre, you know, kind of aesthetics, you can make the million dollar budget work. And I'm not. What, what was Otho doing with the spray paint? Like, the, I don't. I'm not. I've never even known what he was doing there. Uh, I think they were just marking the rooms as to like what color. I don't know. That's how, that's how I always took it. Like, if you don't cover that with paint, you're destroying your 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 spray painting your your walls. <laughs> yeah. And I guess he's the designer of the interior designer. Yeah, he's the interior designer that. You know, his vision is what I is what she wants. Oh, and another just thing like this door that doesn't open, or like skeleton keys. Yeah, just, all this stuff is just so it, it's it's so like it's good for the imagination, I guess. I don't Absolutely. Know. And I love how she, she's right on the nose. Like, yeah, it is the people who want you out of the house. What about the uh, potential sequel that was going to be uh, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian? Yeah, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian was – Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder had both signed on to reprise their roles, and Tim Burton lost interest in the project because he went on to direct Batman in 1989, which, I mean, Keaton was still a part of. Um, but, I mean, as of 2015, Warner Brothers was still, like, interested in doing it, and I think even as of, like, 2018 – they had greenlit it, like officially greenlit it, but of course, like production is even more on halt now with COVID. But you know, it's just it's just been in limbo ever since this movie, and all parties have all been signed on to do it. So, is this the first time they've been on Saturn? Uh, the first time that Gina Davis's character Barbara has been on Saturn. Um, okay. And when they go to these areas, it like like time gets a little bit weird for them too, right? Like they're in there yes. for a while. Yeah. Sandworm. Which also gives. I mean, this is another example of the. I mean, that right there is an example of the fourth dimension to be able to open a door and go slip directly into somewhere else. But if you were yeah. to look on the other side of that door, there's nothing there. So an invisible space so that's kind of another and that would be an act like a scientifically accurate description because neil degrasse tyson said that mars uh, or mars uh monsters inc is an accurate de description of or visualization of the fourth dimension 
What is Deet wearing here? She's a glove on her head. One big dark room. She's she's, she's perfect out. for this role. She is unbelievable. Oh, I, I agree, hundred percent. I think all honestly, I think all the actors are yeah, perfect they just... for this role. I, I think I think there is a good reason why Tim Burton like literally went out and begged, like he literally went out and begged Catherine O'Hara and uh, uh, Winona Ryder to like join these films. And the same thing with Keaton. Like he met up, Keaton was unsure of it. Um, Tim Burton begged his producer or begged his agent to beg Keaton to at least meet with him. They'll talk about it. And then Keaton signed on. And then as soon as, as soon as Keaton signed on, he went out and signed everybody else on. That's another uh, Tim Burton connection. Uh, Michael Keaton, he plays Beetlejuice and Batman. So Beetlejuice and Batman. Yep. And both movies that Johnny Depp isn't in and are really good. It's like when they work together, it's not good. But when they work separately, it's good. Yeah, it's great. Uh, all right, I'm gonna get real situated here. Yeah. Yeah. Are we still recording? Yeah, I'm, dude. I'm. I'm Listeners. Still yep. You're on the Oops All Topics Network. Remember to lose your fear, find your voice. <laughs> the perfect time for a plug. Patient identification. I need some snacks. Oh man, I didn't bring any snacks, but my my beautiful, amazing wife is cooking chicken and potatoes al grot and i think mashed potatoes so i'm gonna have me a good dinner ready for me i'm very excited for that my son recently uh discovered pac-man the original pac-man so he's been playing that for the past like hour and a half so like are they is are they building a room like right now or were they like building a patio area? That's always been my question. Yeah, just an extension. Um, in real estate, I mean, you could boost your money if you just add a bathroom or something. It's some. Yeah. I wonder if there's a. I wonder if there's um. Yeah, some sort of metaphor there. Jesus because Christ! He, oh no! This is a funny moment. As soon as he puts a thing in it, this drawer. Like, <laughs> I remember that. I remember thinking that was so funny and like rewinding oh, yeah. it. It's like this beautiful moment where he's going to put his tea in and then boom. <laughs> <laughs> like you literally went from, I'm about to go into a peaceful place to what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Your response. That was funny. Oh no, this is interesting. Lydia can see the Matlins. Yes. Is, is it because she's just tuned in to, yeah, it's almost like there's like a, um, there's a, there's a moment, there's a spectrum, and she's so close to death, and they're so close to life. Does that make any mm, sense? Yes, that. Mm, I've never thought of it mm, like that. It's a little chin wag, mm. right? Yeah, and no, seriously, that is like they're they're as if like there's like that the the proverbial line, and then they're both like as close to zero on both positive and negative as they can possibly get without crossing over into null god man you just have, you're you're a ghost and you have to sit there and watch your house be just torn apart 
Yeah, and I and I think because they like have like this old fashioned country home, and they're like the 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 mother is bringing all this like weird art in, and yeah, Otho is like this this avant garde like interior design. Now that's actually interesting timing because they're dealing with Lydia, but then suddenly Beetlejuice arrives. Like, did Be did Lydia just go away? Hmm. What's a bio exorcist? <laughs> oh, actually, it makes sense. It's a reverse. It's yeah, when it's a, a ghost exercises humans. Okay, that makes perfect yeah. sense. I don't think it would be the ghost of Batman. I think it would be the ghost of Joker. Yeah. Like, he's even I mean, got, like, the Joker eyes, like... Say oh my god, the three times the charms. The makeup is unbelievable. You cannot tell that that is Michael Keaton. Or you've got to really kind of squint your eyes. Yeah. She want a dog. <laughs> so wild. So Beetlegeist is a name, and I've said this on my podcast before, um, is a name of a star. On Orion's belt. So is Juno. And uh, and so there's like celestial, they're named after like celestial beings up in the, up in this, up in the, uh, up in space, I guess. Yeah. See, and that was one of the things that the executives didn't, that, that they were concerned about the title. They didn't think that the they didn't think that the audience members would understand the concept, like the connection between the star and the name of the main character. I mean, well, is name. there a difference between why does, why does he go by Beetlegeist and Beetlejuice? Well, he go, well, I mean, they Beetlejuice, they chose Beetlejuice because Beetlejuice is just funnier and it's easier to market. Um, but the spelling of Beetlegeist is intentional um, because because it's referencing that star and they reference that star because um it is from what i understand it's an isolated star like it's in the center of everything its origins are unknown so it really is kind of like a good example of what beetlejuice is which he he follows no you know particular path he has an unknown origin and uh he doesn't uh He's isolated by himself. He's not a part of anything. So they just open the door in case we're not queued up. I think we are. Yes. Always well, loved this scene. Always thought, again, you know, just like as a kid looking back, it's like, man. This is this... going into the afterlife. This yeah. is death. Yeah, like, man, like, what if this is like how it happens? Look how different the house is, too. This would end Act 1. Yes. For sure. 100%. If there were three acts. I guess. Huh. See, because he obviously like just really wants this lifestyle. Like, he is aching for the the simple, simple town. He's just walking around in a freaking bird sweater, man. Yeah. <laughs> the birdie picks is a like a disgusting crow. Well, no, I know it, it looks like it's a, uh, it's eating, uh, it's like eating dead carcass. Interesting, yeah. Ah, yeah. right? Foreshadowing. Well, 
Go help your mother. Yeah, they're bad parents. Go with Pittsburgh or Marvin J Johnson or Marvin Jones Jr. Well, you, what, what, are, what are your options? Um, Robert Jones Jr. or crap. Uh, or Dante Johnson. Hmm. Listeners, uh, what should he, what should he choose? Uh, wow, they're really close to each other. I'll do Johnson. I have a, I have a good feeling about the Steelers this year. I think. Okay, so right. we're now in we're the, in the uh, waiting room. Yeah, we're in the waiting room, and it'll later reveal how, like you know, this is how they look because this is how they died, and but they're the scene where the people died in the water the reason why they're not all wet is because Tim Burton didn't want the actors to be uncomfortable all day. Yeah. And they're also big time actors. They're going to say, I don't want my hair messed up all day. Like Gina Davis wants to be beautiful. Yeah. For her scenes. Exactly. Silver servant. So we're under the impression that everybody that works here has committed suicide. Yes. I mean, that's, that's at least a, the only and greatest theory we have thus far no the draft has actually been going pretty good i, I just kind of like look at what's going on at that moment and then click and then i go back to the movie nice i'm actually wanting to go down some of my uh things i wanted to bring up Burned up. oh it, the uh the number system you know yeah. and <laughs> that's really funny because his number at the end is like yeah oh yeah the the ending is the, it just sets up a great hilarious ending Did okay you ever watch so, the animated show like a one or two but it was actually really good it was yeah yeah really good even for like an, an adult to watch it it'd be entertaining i think but then again, i have a thought so i think it went a couple seasons too right yeah i think at least two uh, I have a list here of like things you may not know. It says um, it was originally meant to be very violent. Um, Sammy Davis Jr. was for the title role. Yes. Warner Brothers hated the title. You said that. Hugely popular animated spinoff. We just got done talking about that. And then the Tropical sequel. Yeah, we've done that one. Edgar. Well, the Sammy Davis Jr., if you want to go back to that one real quickly, Tim Burton wanted him because he was a – it was one of his favorite childhood actors. But – the studio was very heavily against Sammy Davis Jr. playing Beetlejuice. Like, they did not like that. Oh, my. Hold on. I'm trying to cut back myself. <laughs> totally can relate, right? <laughs> voodoo. Voodoo. Like, like voodoo and, like, witchcraft are, like, kind of, like, Mainly, mostly voodoo and the Harry Belafonte thing. Yeah, is involved, and and that's always like kind of like the um, the medium between the not the dead and the living. Yeah. Um, are you ever into American Horror Story? Uh, I watched all the way up to. I didn't watch the Covenant season. Oh, Covenant's so good! I, I, I hear it's amazing. It, it's not for a lack of wanting to watch it. It's just at at the time I had <laughs> party too. Uh. At the time, I just had so many like other shows that I was trying to catch up on, and I just never got around to it. And Even like season one, season one was great. I love season one. But um, if you ever have time, what you do is you watch season three, Coven, and then watch the season with Apocalypse because okay. it kind of arcs into Coven. Okay. Asylum is really good too. Season two, but 
<laughs> I've seen Asylum. The... Asylum's great. Yeah. I've been feeling a little flat. <laughs> That's just like so stupid that that guy. <laughs> so it's so on the nose. <laughs> and you know that he's been doing that for years, decades. Oh my god! Yes, every it's day for decades. Guy that says like the same dumb joke. And that guy hung himself. Oh my god! Uh, speaking you of you're people this that you work with, like, like the people that have like the dumb jokes uh my if you listen to one of my previous podcasts about my michael scott boss that got fired yeah yeah i uh, did listen to that um his last name was good uh so his thing that he would say every day was oh you know just here for a good time oh jesus lands you know yeah. what i did i don't care if it hurts me like socially i just do oh, this is also terrifying situation. the death for the dead scene sorry i don't mean to cut you off no just we're, we're just fine yeah very creepy and very dark very fast yeah but go ahead and what is it again death for the dead it, it, it's death for the dead it's it's the lost souls room it's for uh, a room for souls that have been exercised i wonder if that does that come back like a Chekhov's gun in this movie i don't um I, I think that is it is the it's foreshadowing the potential home of where they will be if they are exercised out of the home. Um like that's that's the risk that they are facing if Ortho goes through with the exorcism at the end. Oh, okay. Um where they get rid of them, they'll they'll be put in the lost souls room. Um, and now there's been a time jump. Yeah, huge time jump. So I mean it's you know, also kind of, it's also a time travel movie if you think about it, like, or really just a, a good sci-fi movie because it, it does, you know, argue about, like, you know, if there is a fourth dimension, how does that, you know, how does that work with time? Um, because, you know, like, the theory of if you travel at the speed of light, you know, there's a certain, like, by the, you know, a certain amount of years will pass by and only a certain amount of hours will pass by on Earth or, you know, vice versa. Um yeah, like you, you would be you would be going so fast, but everybody else below like would still be going slower than you. So months for you would be years for them. Uh, and it's and it's so easy to do from a science fiction perspective. It's just walk through a door, and it's like I was watching a Spaceballs, and a lot of that is just like they're in a room and they just have controls everywhere. And like yeah. when you when you look at it, it's like that is such an easy set. But when you're a kid, you're like they're in space. Yeah. <laughs> So he's talking to Juno here, caseworker. Yes. Caseworker. And, and she works. Okay, so Beetlejuice worked for her. That, and he's, she's telling the whole story, anyways. Yes. Um, and so, and then he left to do his own thing. So, which implies that he did commit suicide. Do you know how he died? How did he die? Like, how did he commit suicide? No, I, I don't think they say. I, I I don't think they do either. When that when that phone goes off or beeper like you know that it's like it's because you've seen it before like mm -hmm. it, this is going to start getting real fun because beetlejuice is coming in yeah it's such a build-up like we're 36 minutes in and he hasn't made like his his presence felt we've yeah. just seen like commercials and talks about him yeah, it's not his his big reveal you know the the phantom of the opera reveals himself you know within the first 10 minutes <laughs> And then you got Dan, the Danny Elfman score underneath. 
This actress, I think, recently died too. Uh, yes, um, she was another one that um, he actually flew out to Los Angeles, I believe, to personally get her signed on because she did not agree to it. She actually passed a couple times. And as a kid, I never noticed the slit in her throat. Oh, I did, yeah. And that's her. <laughs> uh, that's until her much later. God, I, I can't believe the host of Match Game was in Beetlejuice. <laughs> Man, he still doesn't make his presence because this is just like his hand or something. Yeah. Right? Got a little treat for you. When they get small, kind of like Ant-Man, that's when it becomes like, that's a fun scene. But this yeah. is a fun scene, too. Oh, okay, so this this movie has stop motion! Yes! <laughs> it's, that's awesome, I love that. Yeah, and that, and that's just another Tim Burton staple. Um, you know, it, it, it goes back to what, um, like, I, I recently watched um, the second Goosebumps movie uh, with Jack Black, which I highly recommend if you not watch the Goosebumps movies. Mm. Um, oh, okay. They're, they're actually very, very good. Um, but at the very end of it, he says, you know, he's trying to give advice to an aspiring writer. And, you know, he's like, well, the first rule in writing, write what you know. And I'm sure the first rule in directing is, you know, direct how you know, you know, direct the medium that you know the best. And I mean, Tim Burton has been a, a corp because what because when you asked me earlier, what's your favorite Tim Burton movie? I really want to say A Corpse Bride. Like, that's really one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, but uh, especially from Tim Burton. And I, and I have to try my best to say unbiased when you say favorite Tim Burton movie and not say Batman because, like, you know, Batman's my life. Are we doing too many things? Do I need another wide receiver? Wide receiver or tight end? I need a tight end. Oh, my. <laughs> hey, that's... Robert Goulet. Robert Goulet. <laughs> I uh, my dad owned a Best of Will Ferrell SNL DVD, and that was on there. And it was the the one where he's like scared sheetless, right here. Yeah, they're they're bad parents because he thought that that was Lydia, and he's like, "I'm trying to do this now, scram!" You know, like if that was Lydia, that would be a clear sign for attention. Yeah, for sure. And you know, and she's, I, I think she's drunk and on prescription pills, probably. Yeah, yeah, Valium, I guess, right? Yeah. So she's she's out. And then, of course, Lydia thinks that they're having some kinky sex. And she thinks they're having sex, I guess. Yeah. You have a child, for God's sakes. Like, as an adult, I just couldn't live like that. I got to get into my pajamas. I got to get not ready for bed. Yeah, like... 
and, and maybe like this day and age it would be like more of a serious thing like she has to medicate herself to go to bed Ooh, yeah. that's a subject i don't think i want to touch well i mean guess what would you what would that be if you have to do that just uh abuse uh not abuse but uh well i guess i mean you could really more just talk about how the the over the over prescribing of you know valium and other drugs you know in the early 2000s and how that sparked you know especially between um you know middle-aged mothers um who you know also had a propensity of you know drinking wine in the middle of the day um you know and ruined a lot of people's lives i mean i think that you could i think it's reasonable enough to say that you could watch enough episodes of intervention to find enough people's lives ruined by prescription drugs mm-hmm. and so you know a, a woman in her mother's situation having all this money like even in this situation she's not safe because her prescription pill if she had an addiction to prescription pills that could ruin her wealth that could ruin her marriage like she could lose everything for it so that would probably be more of the topic I think of discussion you could have with it and it'd be copacetic and I myself am strange and unusual <laughs> that's another quote that would say a lot Oh, and that's another thing. That's her stepmother. Oh, where did the mom go, I wonder? I don't know if they ever say. There, uh, even the, um, the design has a um, has stars. The, the the model has stars. Yeah, they're, I think it's a great touch, just from an aesthetic standpoint. But she's envious. She's envious of their death. I think. See, I always thought that she was just more fascinated by their death, like just trying to understand. You know, probably because uh, probably a combination of both. Like she's kind of excited about that they are dead, so she can probably. It's her, it's her way of knowing because when else do you get the opportunity of knowing what death is like before you cross that line? So if she is really adamant about wanting to be in their position, then yeah, she would be excited like, oh man, you guys are really are dead. Like I could figure this out and try to see because she even says at the end of the movie, I want to be with you guys. Like now, what kind of a machine is this? I've never seen a machine like that in real life. <laughs> and it's and, just shooting dirt. And it's not even working. Okay, so that whole scene, I want to bring up a new symmetry uh, to look for. But if, if Lydia is the child that the, the Matlins have never had, it's like they're the caring parents. Yes. And, and that's her real biological parents. But also, she has living parents and dead parents. Right. Ah! Instead of grandparents, dead parents. Instead of grandparents, yeah. And at the end, she ends up living with both, right? She's got yeah. a dead parent in the attic, and all living in harmony. Yeah, and they just seem to be more caring about her. They care about what happens to her with Beetlejuice, and yeah, well, because again, you know, I think that just gives more credence to at least my suspicions about how they were handling that earlier. Um, with Gina Davis, um, with Barbara, you know, clearly kind of implicating at least that they want children but can't. 
So yeah, we are halfway through this movie and he is still not showing up. He still has not shown up. So man, really that what a tease. But he's definitely heavy in it the last 45 minutes. Oh yeah, like he it is Beetlejuice's show. Like once he's in it, it's he has the greatest scenes. Oh my god, he's a good a violin can just bring you in and out of the scene. Fascinating. Yeah. To be so tiny. Like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is a fun movie. Ant Man's a funny movie. Ant Man. And it's really cool that uh they don't have to go through dirt, they go through what were we saying? No, no, go ahead. Uh, we talk, we, I was just saying they have to go through like, a fake grass and like cardboard and stuff to, to get to it. That's a nice touch. Yeah, that's a real nice touch. They're so good. Like every, you're, you just, it goes without saying. Like they're, everybody just hits it out of the park with a script that probably doesn't make sense whenever you're reading it out loud. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that's what, I mean, because Michael Keaton admittedly said that at first he just didn't get it. Like that was the reason why he rejected the role was because overall is that it's not that he wasn't interested in the project. He just didn't get it and he didn't want to sign on to something he didn't understand. Okay, but that's a lot of insulation. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> it's pretty clear that that's not something that you would have put in a table model right or would uh-huh. you have i guess i guess i don't know how deep those go not very like it's, it's, it's the depth of the table and there he is babs <laughs> I literally just keeps talking, just keeps yeah. talking. <laughs> Give me one. Ah. Who do I have to kill? <laughs> So apparently, um, when Michael Keaton was given the description of who Beetlejuice was, and he came, died during that, it's about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier each and yeah, I see it. <laughs> so two things whenever michael keaton showed up the first day in the his, what he thought beetlejuice looked like or should look like 
um, everyone started chanting juice, like juice, juice, juice. And that got him like really hyped up and that kind of like really brought him on board. Um, so, and a lot of what he did is still a part of, <laughs> they're in the same outfit. Yeah. We even shop at the same store. Um, but that scene where like he showed them a scary face, but you don't actually see the face. Mm-hmm. He actually had a face like, designed and everything that you know you were supposed to it was really elaborate but i guess just never made the cut of the movie like they never never, they just didn't use it i hate him myself he's just the over pushy salesman he sexually harasses barbara I hope you like Italian. <laughs> One of my favorite lines. I'll tell you my favorite line coming up. <laughs> Just trying to cut a deal. <laughs> oh, right here. Nice fucking model. Yeah. <laughs> when you hear that as a six-year-old, it's so it's funny. And I said that to my dad once, and he looked at me. He laughed. He's like, "We don't say that." I'm like, "Oh, sorry." Nice fucking model. <laughs> Ooh, mercy sakes. Yeah, I don't know what that room is. Is this the setup for the final scene? Like, no, no, is... no. This is okay. Oh no. I... Okay, what's coming up is one of the they, like it's considered one of the best like musical moments in movies. Actually, yeah, yeah, and a, a moment that uh, they were unsure if they should even do or not. actually a really funny line yeah i I, that's a real good burn (laughs) someone dropped a house on her sister oh my god as a dad i gotta tell you i want to smack a child whenever like the kid just basically rats you out for lying like trying to make something, you know, you know, just trying to smooth something over in front of a bunch of a, other adults. They're yeah. like, "That's not what you said." Such you little bastard. Oh, here we go. And their physical performance, like their choreography and everything just seemed perfect. And the the hands at the end of it were terrifying. I always thought that that was really scary. 
Well, just not being in control, yeah. It's so horrifying. Is this Beetlejuice working, this, this crowd here? Is this his, like, calling card, I guess? Say that again? Is, okay, remind me. Is this Beetlejuice pulling this trick? No, this is the, uh, this is, uh, uh, Barbara and, uh, Alan. Oh, and he still, okay, they still don't leave, even though they did went to this. Right. Week. They, they, okay. they get excited about it. They, cause it, it just proves that there are ghosts and for them, it just ups like their val the value of the house. Did you know this song is about slavery? Uh, yeah. And it's real depressing. Yeah. This song is alluded to a lot in this movie. There's a yeah. couple times I didn't bring it up during the uh, program here, but uh, this is definitely the theme of the movie. <laughs> what a fun, what a fun thing for an actor to do. This would yeah. be so fun. I mean, if DuPage County said we're gonna do Beetlejuice as a musical for community theater, I'd probably I'd probably come out of retirement to do it. Yeah, no shit. I wouldn't be Beetlejuice, but I'd be one of these like people that get to just do fun things. Oh yeah, I, I would I never want to be like the I, lead. I would, I would want a few minutes on the stage. It didn't work. They want to know if you can come down. <laughs> Calypso. Calypso is a, that's like the voodoo term that yeah. they're kind of like cinching into there. This man is somebody. Dick Cavett. <laughs> not Otho and not, and not Jeffrey Jones, but the other guy. is a man named Dick Cavett. Yeah, Dick Cavett. <laughs> Real quickly. And Robert Goulet. Ortho just asked, I think Grace, the, the skinny lady in the green top, like how much money, like what the market is. And she said like $50,000 like a night at like some similar situation house. And I'm like, how do you have that information? Like, is that readily uh, available real estate yeah. knowledge? That doesn't make much sense. They won't come down. I think another argument that the um, that the guy was making about this being Batman, uh, the death of Batman, is that he could be put in this movie, like the the background and the setting. Like Batman could be there, much like Edward Scissorhands could be there. It's just like oh, that sure. Tim Burton flair. Absolutely. All right. Let's see here. There's anything on there. I drafted Mike Williams, whether he's whether he likes it or not. <laughs> Get your ass up. Yeah, I mean he'd be on my bench anyway, so you're a flake. 
Oh, oh my God! What a what a burn! Man, he scorched her ass. Her ghost dad. They can do what they want. Like no shit. Like you realize, like you can't hurt them. But I mean, I guess that isn't true, as we will soon find out. Again, mentioning suicide, probably committed suicide up there. I think if there is a theme to this movie, I mean, because I think it's just like a nice fun romp, but I do think suicide is like, if you're going to get anything from it, because I think Lydia is the centerpiece and I think she learns that your problems aren't solved post-suicide. And I actually don't, didn't you, didn't you have a friend that committed suicide back when we, like we were doing oh, debate yeah. together in 2010, 11? Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry to bring up that memory, but... Oh, um, no, 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 you're, you're fine. Like, yeah, it, it, if he would have got a, a glimpse of the other side, you know, maybe he wouldn't have... Then yeah. it, like, I don't know. I can't be it, in his shoes, for sure. It, I, it, I'm, it's, I'm sure it's generally just a, a moment of bravery. Just in a, in a split second, you're brave enough to pull the proverbial trigger, you know, just to see what the other side is like, but you unfortunately can't undo it. So, again, you know, this is a this would be a potential suicide victim's ideal scenario of being yeah interview to... interview somebody yeah do you believe in ghosts <laughs> do i believe in ghosts no 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 I, I i gotta look at your face are you saying no i'm saying no i promise okay. i'm saying no <laughs> No, no, I do not. Believe I'm also no too. Like the movie, The Skeleton Key, taught me that. Where it's like, if you don't believe in it, then it can't hurt you. And so, whenever you become an adult, and you're like, oh, ghosts don't exist, because even using debate logic, no one's seen it. There's no conspiracy. They don't exist. Yeah. And I think it's gonna be fun whenever Frankie is like worried about like a a, a monster in the closet, where it's like, I know that one doesn't exist, so I'll be able oh, to. Yeah. Like, well, Adric's already at that point. Like he actually kind of scared him the other day because I went into his closet to get something while he was out of his room and I accidentally left the closet door open a little bit. Mm -hmm. So he walked back into his room and he walked back in the living room. He's like, okay, I am not going back in there because I know I didn't open that door and it's open. Um, so real quickly with this scene here, this was actually shot, uh, this, uh, scene sequence was actually shot before michael keaton was signed on oh cool um but after he was signed on they uh shot some scenes with something that you know looked like beetlejuice uh and filled in the rest We come for your daughter, Chuck. <laughs> That's one of yeah, my quotable. That's another one. We come for your daughter, Chuck. <laughs> really certain that would probably kill him if he landed on his neck. Uh, yeah. That minimum stunned wow this movie's been funny like but man that's that's scary that's terrifying 
that stop motion, just the slowness of it. It's like, you know, uh, remember the ring when how she like kind of moves? Oh, yeah. Like, that movement alone is just horrifying. <laughs> oh. And I love how he's just like living in this town on on the table. This model. <laughs> I love his laugh. Make my oh. millennium. She says he built that. Uh, Adam built it. That's funny. Yeah. Did you build that? <laughs> like some stripper mall or whatever. It's been about six, seven hundred years after all. As a six-year-old, you can only imagine what goes on in here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, still not into it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, if I, if I can sit back as a 29-year-old man, I can objectively say, nope, still not. It says air-conditioned. <laughs> air, yeah, air-conditioned. Okay, but this also implies that you can be yoinked from your purgatory and put into your caseworker's office. Oh, yeah. And the football team, too. Yeah. The poor football oh, team. Uh, I'll explain it. I'll point out in a second. You ever see a movie called The Program? What would you uh, say? Uh, it's a movie called The Program. It had James Cain in it. Um, yeah, I think, I, I, think I remember that. Yeah. The the linebacker, the African-American linebacker who gets his leg broken in the movie, um, he's the linebacker in this scene. Oh, that makes sense. I'm not your coach. <laughs> Oh, the Colts defense. Okay. The Colts. The Colts are number six. So, the first moment that they are like actually considering Lydia's well being, Otho comes in and. Because, you know, they're like, maybe this was a bad idea. Like, maybe 
coming here is not a good idea. Maybe we shouldn't go. This is not the right place to bring her, like to raise her. Ortho, is Ortho living there? Yeah, because yeah, they're in Connecticut. Like he has to. But he's the She's interior getting... decorator. Go, go to a hotel. She's getting close to death. Yeah, she's she's almost there. I'm guessing, is she homeschooled? <laughs> it's those things, those questions that yeah, are asked. Like, like... I mean, I guess she's not home. No, I guess she has to be homeschooled right now. And what do they? Maybe... I don't. I don't know. I'm trying to make sense of something that doesn't. I, I'm explaining things more than I probably should. Also, real quick, like I like how your Zoom icon is like, you know, an actual picture of you with a headset and microphone, and mine is just like a cartoon version of that. Where do you see that even? Uh, it's in the participants section. Can you see my video? Yeah, I can see your oh. beautiful face. Don't you worry. Oh. Where are we at here? Oh yeah, their faces. Yeah. I don't know if you collect Funko Pops, but they have these two oh, yeah. figures. Perfect Funko, Funko Pops. Pops. Yeah. I don't collect them. I know you do. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. That part where he goes like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just about scaring people. Yeah. The whole movie. If it's not about suicide, it's just about how do we scare people? Yeah, again, this is terrible. I love how he puts his fingers up to his glasses. So, because that's where his eyes are. So, he wants to see, like, what she looks like. Mm -hmm. Real attention to detail. But, yeah, as a child, terrifying. I love this line. Coach? I don't think we survived that crash. with the most babe I think there's a lot of symmetry with these two characters for sure and then they don't they date in like the animated movie or, or the animation yeah I th something like that Oh, and one of the best, uh, it's showtime whenever yeah, he comes exactly. up here. Mm -hmm. Not many people can nail that and not come off as like douchey. Yeah, that is a total <laughs> ass. You know, and also, you know, as a kid, it, it, it kind of widens your imagination of storytelling of applying like you know specific rules to yeah oh yeah you know because like him saying like you got to say my name three times which sounds simple on the surface okay just tell someone your name 
okay, well, I can't. Like, you have to find out what my name is. Like, I can write it down. Like, he can obviously write it down because he has signs that say his name. Mm -hmm. And he's done, like, the marketing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that, too. Whenever there's certain rules, like Back to the Future, 88 miles an hour. Yeah. So, so when you're in the Old West, that's going to be hard to do. Right. Hi, how are you? We may have to start this earlier next time. Oh, sorry. No, it's my fault. The the missus is asking uh, when I'm going to stop talking, and I said I'll tone it down. I get pretty animated. <laughs> about, about twenty minutes. Ah, <laughs> oh, you said it twice. Yeah, that would be such a traumatic event, and she's just walking around a day later. Yeah. And not only that, like she is, she comes face to face with them. This, some, there's something clearly wrong with this house. They have dead people living in it, ghosts, mm -hmm. Beetlejuice. Like they're, they're, they just, there's a big snake that lives in the house. Like I can't believe they're still there. Well, not only that, but like he attacked them, and now he's wanting their help, like her help. Like you know, like that's gonna that's immediately suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> immediately, yeah. <laughs> Just rename the movie immediately suspicious. <laughs> That's all Beetlejuice is like. I'm just suspect. <laughs> oh, it's not even here. He didn't. Yeah, that showtime is later. Yeah. I love how Alan can't get back to his regular form. <laughs> easily like barbara figured it out like just immediate hey no problem hey look you know it's, we're, we're fine oh i want to be dead too that's sad <laughs> what is so funny I don't, I don't even want to say it on the air. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll tell you when we stop recording. <laughs> That's fair. Actually, I think I could say it. I'll let you know. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm certainly not trying to be like, oh, this is so much funner over here. It's oh, no, no, something no. that's genuinely funny. Yeah, so they're taking apart the thing. Okay, I'll tell you. So there's a guy that you – there's a kicker you can draft named Matt Gay. <laughs> and I said – because this is like a dude's league, whatever. And I'm just like, I don't think he's going to be drafted because nobody wants to be the guy – the team that has Matt Gay. So I think that would be interesting if no one – if he was like the least drafted player, I think that would be interesting if that was like evidence. Does that make sense? It would be more interesting if there was, like, yeah, like, just to see, like, if that is a, like, just to see if the fan base of the NFL has changed their, you know, I guess childness, you know, like, their childish attitude towards things. Yeah, it's dumb, for yeah. sure. Like, oh, his last name is Gay. Like, I told somebody that they should check out the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and he's like, I'm not looking at anything with the word trans in it. Sorry. Oh, God. Yeah, so people like that exist.
I mean, I don't really care about kickers. Let's just do Dan Bailey. He's, he's available. So. My draft should be done. Sweet. Speaking of kickers, like that's where we're at. So, yeah. Well, he'll be he'll be on television. Matt Gay for Tampa Bay. So. Now, are you going to continue being a Patriots fan, Senor? Yeah, absolutely. I, I I will probably get a Cam Newton jersey. All right, back to the movie. Back to the movie. <laughs> Maybe we should have a fantasy football show. I'm all right with that, even though I literally know nothing about stats. I didn't do a lot of research this year, but I have done research in the past. And, uh... How does he understand that handbook whenever even they in the beginning of this movie like said like it made no sense like it was wording so even the dead didn't understand it i think he just read it i, I think that's what they're implying is that he read the book and then it's that's i guess because yeah. you gotta have something right you gotta have some sort of suspension of disbelief a little bit a little bit loud it only seems to get loud with the music Here we go. Oh man, it's dark. It's so candles. Dark. They're so excited about it too. The music is doing such a so much heavy lifting here too. Oh, absolutely. That's one thing though. Okay, I don't believe in ghost, but uh, I'm not about to get in a séance oh, circle. Oh, that. No. <laughs> no. I, I okay, so and that seems so hypocritical, but it's like, you know, I, you know, just I, I'm I'm a just in case kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh my god! Honestly, like as a husband, it it makes me want to tear up just at the thought of like like I'm already dead with my wife, but you know what? At least we get to be in the attic together. You know, at least we get to live together. And this, and all of a sudden, she disappears. So I can't even have her in the afterlife. She's alive. Wow. Like there's just people that are just on either side of death and life in yeah. this movie, back and forth, back and forth. Stop it. He shushed her. Robert <laughs> God, I hope Trump loses in 2016. Like, sorry, Alec Baldwin, I want you out of a job, and that's impersonating Trump. <laughs> He's had a crazy week. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he said that thing about the military, but the fact that he's a liar, like that, like we can't take you, we don't know what, we, we don't know. like even if it is anonymous sources, you kind of fit the mold of what you said, so, but I digress. Oh, yeah. Your wife getting so old. Mm. And again, yeah, you add all of that to... You know, like what we were saying at the beginning of the movie, like their level of love 
like you can tell like they just love each other so, yeah they're like they're, to, they're... to witness your wife re-die like that would probably be you know especially at the level of love that they have for each other probably pretty difficult hey circle circling going back to you talking about otho um i don't think he does know what he's doing like he just he messed up yeah so. he doesn't he he is very he he's in it for the potential uh money that it's going to get them and you know he he wanted to you know they don't want to be a part of this well now they don't have an option see and, and again another like rules like in order for him to you know get out into the real world he has to marry somebody living hmm. I guarantee you Beetlejuice in this outfit is the most purchased Halloween costume of all time really I, I, I would be willing to put money on it probably up there with Joker you know yeah oh yeah both uh, related to Michael Keaton, at least. It's showtime. Oh, see, that's interesting. It says Beetlegeist on the subtitles. So, and you could say Beetlegeist is Beetlejuice. Yeah. So when the when the Matlin said Beetlejuice, they went into this. Oh, because she, they're dead. Yeah. It's an alive person that says it. Yeah. Ah. I guess I never got that. Now, real quickly, the skull on top of the little merry-go-round carousel thing resembles uh -huh. a lot like Jack Skellington. And this movie was made in 88. And Nightmare Before Christmas wasn't until 92? Yeah. 94, something like that. So. I love this part. It sends him to the fucking moon. Again, showman. Like he's a he's a carny, he's a entertainer. <laughs> Thank you. Stand up comedian. Yeah, they're really not important anymore. No, they don't do it. They don't do they're a dead. lot in this upcoming scene. Like his real terror is being caught in that outfit. <laughs> yeah. Not my favorite character. No. I mean, for for a lot of the movie, he's just a plot driver. Yeah, like some sort of uh, provides wisdom. Yeah. He's like the monk from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Did you watch that all the way through? Guy. 
gonna IMDB that real quick. Some more stop motion. Let's see if I have anything in my phone. We might talk about it after. Oh yeah. Belafonte music. Well, I don't see that it was him, so never mind. Looks alike him though. Very uh like wedding shadowing uh from earlier saying that you know she doesn't want to die from by one of her pieces of art. We have a Funko Pop of Lydia in this wedding outfit. You have a Funko Pop of everything. <laughs> yeah, just about. <laughs> the, the, the old pep talk you give yourself before you get married. Yeah. There's, there's rules here, too. You got to have an officiant. You got to have witnesses. Mm-hmm. Yes, Just I like an actual man of mine. Yeah, the name being like conjures him and stuff is such an awesome plot device too. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, get this over. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I think we said it a cumulative three times here. It's got to be, you know, like how many halves eventually equal a whole, you know? It's their only weapon, too. Like, there's not, well, I guess they can't, they each have their own weapon here at the end. I was just thinking with symmetry. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing you have to have in this world. Apparently, you got to have a ring. Yeah. Okay, but here's the thing. She's now on Saturn, and when she gets back, it's still the same time. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense. I love the uh, where the officiant comes out of. I love that little hallway opening, that arch. Yeah. Would be such an awesome doorway to your room. Hell yeah, it would be. And then he just sits there, like, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I've been conjured here for one purpose, and I don't need that anymore. God, how would you imagine for eternity you just burst into flames and appear at places that you need to officiant dead <laughs> weddings? 
She's the only student wearing like a black checkered skirt and like all black. Uh, also, you have to have the same clothes that you died in. That'd be terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll probably have to wrap it up a few minutes after we're uh, done here. Yeah, yeah, no worries. But man, it's been fun. This has been exciting. Yeah, it's been an amazing movie, an amazing time. I, I was, I got really, my, my excitement for it was kind of low late yesterday just because I've been really tired. But like, as soon as I woke up today, I'm like, man, one thing to look forward to tonight for sure, if anything, Beetlejuice. your mouth what she want to do just dance she wants yeah she yeah. wants to dance with ghosts and basically be possessed she's gonna be, be into some weird bit. shit here's more harry belafonte i think this is a good movie to like especially with people our age uh to revisit as you're an adult <laughs> I love it. He likes it. This is also a classic scene. You know, honestly, the terrible graphics don't take me out of it. No, not at all. We're about ready to see these dancing football players. It ain't great, but... Oh, it's so amazing. But see, that's that's kind of another great thing about like you know choosing kind of like the B level movie, um, you know, aesthetics of everything, just because it it'll carry throughout time. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how many times he sexually harassed women in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> women. <laughs> Normally, chicks. Another. Now he's sitting next to the voodoo master, or voodoo chief. That number was literally nine trillion, I think. I'd have to throw it back, and he has four. <laughs> Whoa! Look, is that Elvis? Beetlejuice is just every liar, like just every silver tongued yes man ever. <laughs> yeah. Because he needs people to to accomplish one goal. Like he has to convince them to essentially resurrect them. I believe you. Like uh, Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad. From Breaking Bad. All right, man. Well, well, I'm going to go ahead and pause the movie here. We won't have to roll through the credits. Uh, but yeah, that was a lot of fun, man. I think we, we, we dissected a lot. Go ahead. Uh, I don't think I got anything, man. Okay, cool. 
Well, uh, I'll go ahead and end it here. Thanks for everybody who tuned in. I'm going to come back after a short uh, commercial break, but Jason, thank you so much for stopping by. And uh, you have You're a great welcome, night, man. Thank you so much, and bye, everybody. Bye. Hey, everyone. Sorry to take up your time from listening to me, but I wanted to take a quick second to tell you about a cause that I find extremely important and near and dear to my heart, and that is the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. They are dedicated to curing leukemia, lymphoma, and other blood cancers. Uh, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is the world's largest voluntary nonprofit health organization dedicated to funding blood cancer research and providing education and patient services. They're an amazing foundation, and while they do not officially sponsor Unreal Talk Show, I feel like if I have a platform, then I should use it for good. So why not spread at least some awareness of this foundation? From a personal experience, I can say that they are a huge savior. When I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, I applied for help, and they took care of all my co-pays and the majority of my treatment, which was a huge savior to me. However, towards the end, they had to stop providing assistance because donations were low. Because at the time, people were not donating very much. Now that I am cancer-free, I feel that I should try to increase awareness for this amazing cause. If you're ever feeling generous and feel like giving, please keep Leukemia and Lymphoma Foundations in your list of considerations. They are absolutely amazing. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, Unreal listeners, and thank you again for joining us for another episode of Unreal Talk Show. I had so much fun doing this episode uh, having you guys here with me, having Jason along with us. It's just been such a great evening. I'm so glad that we were able to do this. Remember, you can follow Oops All Topics and all Oops All Topics related content, including Frankie Mama's, Frankie's Mama Reads. That's such a tongue twister for me. I don't understand why. And, of course, Unreal Talk Show. <clears throat> uh, follow or DM us at Unreal T on Twitter. Uh, you can do the same for Jason at the Jedger. Uh, you can send us e- or send me an email at unrealtalkshow at gmail.com. You can send an email to Oops All Topics. Uh, it is uh, the Jedger um, nineteen eighty two at gmail.com. I could be wrong, and if I am, I'll have to correct that later on. Um, all right, well, guys, thank you so much again for stopping by. Again, this is Aaron Scott Walker with the Oops All Topics Network reminding you always to lose your fear and find your voice. Later. <laughs>